We're back on Show Me Today. Marshall Griffin catching up with Missouri Secretary of State Jay Ashcroft. There's been a lot of coverage, a lot of news coverage over court cases involving ballot initiatives that would that would expand abortion access again in Missouri. Um, what's, what is the latest uh, as, as far as the, those cases are going? There were really two main tranches or sets of initiative petitions that were filed. There was one that was filed um, well beyond it was allowed. That, that got thrown out. Uh, there is a set of, boy, I'm trying to remember, I think it's six of them that were, were that are in, legis, uh, in litigation on right now that were filed were uh, supposed to be in Cole County Court to uh, discuss the language for those, the uh, ballot title and the fiscal note. Um, I will just say that it's really sad and despicable that instead of just telling the truth about what's being done, people feel like they have to litigate so that they can fool people into voting something without knowing what it's about. I'm a big believer in letting the people know all the facts and believing that they can make up their own mind will make a good decision. I'm going to continue to fight to make sure that whatever gets on the ballot, uh, the people will know what it means, they'll know what it would do, and then the people will make the right decision. I trust the people of the state of Missouri. Your office has come under criticism for writing what what has been called misleading language uh, intended to guarantee that people vote against um, expanding abortion access. Right. You know, uh, I think the best thing to, to say about that is they said that, and then in court when they were asked, well, you say that this isn't true, show us. And they couldn't provide one example that it wasn't true. Um, and in fact, I was, I was dealing with one individual that was uh, taking offense with the language, and I said, well, show me where it's not true. He said, well, it's true, but it's... I said... Well, if it's true, it's not inflammatory. If it's true, that's what we should be telling the people of the state. And what people, I think, forget is I don't have the first draft of the language. The first person that writes the language is the person that files that potential amendment. And then I look at what that amendment says, and then I, I, I do a synopsis of that. The, the, the court decision that came out against my language didn't do the one thing that you have to do if you're going to say that a summary is bad. You have to compare it to the original because that's how you know if a summary is good or bad. If, if it truly summarizes the original, it's good. If it doesn't, it's bad. And yet the court refused to even once quote the original language because what I said was true. One kind of side question, just, uh, just kind of stepping back and observing, it, it seems like it's been a rather unusual situation for a Republican state auditor, a Republican attorney general, and a Republican secretary of state to kind of sometimes seem to be a little at odds with each other. I think maybe more so the attorney general and the state auditor over fiscal notes regarding uh, th these abortion proposals or and, and in some cases language. Is it, is it seem unusual to you that uh, it seems like there's been a conflict among same party elected officials over something that you're supposedly united in opinion on? Well, you know, I, 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 I probably wouldn't call it a conflict. I think there have been disagreements at times. But, you know, Republicans tend to be a, a, a group that has their own ideas. And we don't just say, oh, this is the party line. We have to agree with it. Uh, we, we think and say, what does this mean? And also, um, I think there are times when elected officials that are honorable officials have to do what they don't want to do because that's what the law requires. 
And sometimes I think you see Republicans have disagreements because one Republican doesn't like what's being done, but the law requires that other Republican to do that. Um, I've had to do that at times in, in my position. There are initiative petitions that I had to let go to the ballot. I disagreed with them vehemently. I was not a fan of Amendment 3 or the marijuana decriminalization, and yet I had to follow the law. And when you have individuals that are going to follow the law and put the law above what they think, which is what we should want government officials to do, then you're going to have disagreements. I know you're here in your official capacity as Secretary of State. Are you able to, I guess, uh, metaphorically take that hat off and talk about the governor's race? <laughs> Just a little bit. I don't, okay. I don't want to go too far on that. How, how is how is the campaign going? I think it's going really well. Uh, as I travel the state, I, I visit every county in the state every year because I believe that I'm not supposed to be telling Missourians what to do. I'm supposed to be listening to them, taking that knowledge and that information, and then charting a course leading Missouri to be the best and the, uh, and the highest that it can be. Uh, love what I'm hearing. I hear, Unfortunately, I hear a lot of rage. I hear a lot of disappointment. A lot of people are mad because government isn't doing what it should be doing. Um, we're not educating kids. We're not giving every child in this state the opportunity for a challenging education. That's wrong. We're not making sure that public safety is a priority so that every individual in the state knows that they can live in safety at their house. That's wrong. Those are core responsibilities of government that we're not doing. And they're sick and tired of politicians saying one thing in an election year and doing completely the opposite every other year. I mean, look, we've got a budget that has doubled in the last five, seven years, depending on how you run the numbers. No Missourian is sitting there saying, I'm glad that I'm paying for twice as much government because they have less money. They can't, they're having trouble getting food on the table and getting their kids and, you know, sports activities and things like that. And the same people that have been in the legislature while those budgets have ballooned are suddenly saying, oh, this is terrible. We've got to put a stop to it. Why didn't you put a stop to it when you were actually voting on it? This this would be more of an opinion question. I'm sure you've heard about the political dust up over on the Democratic side uh, between Crystal Quaid and State Representative Sarah Unsicker. Unsicker was removed from her leadership positions in the House, and she's now challenging Crystal Quaid for the Democratic nomination for governor. Just from the other side, have you observed any of this and have any opinions on what's going on over there? Yeah, I have. Unfortunately, uh, Representative Unsicker made a completely unsubstantiated claim about uh, election manipulation and um, foreign interference in our elections. Um, I, I, I feel a duty to investigate any claim like that. I just, that's what I do for the people. I worry so the people of the state don't have to. And it turned into um, really just being anti-Semitism. And I, I, there's no place for that in the state of Missouri. I don't know what's going on with Representative Unsucker, and I, I just hope whatever help she needs or whatever she's going through, she gets that solved. Is there any particular uh, legislative priority going on in the House and Senate right now that you want to see accomplished that would uh, help your office function better or help with elections? <laughs> Well, we don't have an hour, so I'll just cut it down a little bit. Uh, I would love to see us have a specific requirement that you prove your citizenship before you can register or before you can vote. 
I just think that's a no-brainer. Um, I'd love to see us clean up our residency statute so that no matter how many properties you have and how many counties or how many states, there is one and only one place that's easily verifiable where you may be registered to vote. That'll help us to clean up our voter rolls. I'd like to see us set an expiration date on voter registrations so that when you're registered to vote, let's say it expires one year after your driver's license does. So if you go ahead and renew your driver's license, which we all do, that'll automatically reset the clock on your voter registration. But we never have to worry about people being on the rolls for six, seven, eight, nine, ten years without knowing that they're there. Uh, that would be a great way. There's all sorts of love to see us do some work on our audits. I've worked with several legislators on language for how we can make our audits better after an election and how we can mandate by state law that those that those be hand counted. So we have the benefits of quick, unofficial results with the machines. But then we actually have hand count audits that we check against those also. How did how did early voting? How did that um go over the, the, the most recent time that uh, early voting was allowed? You know, it went pretty smoothly. We don't, we don't see any real problems with it. Uh, the one thing that I really mandated in the negotiations over the elections bill in 2022 was that in statute, the early voting had to be tied to photo ID. You could not do that early voting in person without a photo ID. And if the courts changed the photo ID or weakened it or got rid of it, then early voting would be thrown out. Uh, I'm a big fan of getting people to vote in person and show that photo ID. I'd love to see us pass some laws that would restrict who can mail in their ballot since we have early uh, in-person excuse and early in-person no excuse voting to make those people go in person, prove that they actually exist, that they are who they say they are with that government issued photo ID. I think that would really help our elections.